Hello and welcome. It's a great privilege to be here with an extraordinary collaborative team from the States. So first, Dr. Greenberg. He is the executive co-director of the Perinatal Institute for Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. And he leads one of the largest comprehensive clinical and academic programs for newborn care in the United States. He's also a professor of pediatrics and he's been an active teacher, researcher and clinician for over 30 years. Now, Dr. Greenberg is fascinated by the way that genetic and environmental factors, including light, affect NICU outcomes. And since 2016, Dr. Greenberg has been the lead physician overseeing the construction of the Cincinnati Children's Critical Care Building. This state-of-the-art $650 million, 630,000 square foot project is set to open in the autumn 2021. And over the past five years, Dr. Greenberg has been working closely with his colleague at the university, Dr. Richard Lang, to develop a biologically aware tunable lighting system so they can look at how changes in circadian stimulus and spectral intensity affect growth and development. This new tool for research will be running alongside the day-to-day -day patient care in the new building. So now to introduce Dr. Richard Lang. Richard is a professor within the Department of Paediatric Ophthalmology at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. He directs the Visual Systems Group at Cincinnati Children's and has authored or co-authored more than 120 research papers, including many related to eye development and how light interacts with cells beyond the eye. Robert Soler is Vice President of Biological Research and Technology at BIOS Lighting. Before his work with BIOS, he worked with NASA to help to design and build the lighting system on the International Space Station, designed to synchronise the circadian rhythms of astronauts. So, Dr Greenberg, perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about how you got interested in the impact of light on neonates and how this project came about. Over the course of my career practicing neonatology, more than 30 years now, I've always been concerned about the environment in which we place our patients. These are very vulnerable patients, many of them born many, many weeks before term, and many who have other complex medical and surgical problems. And we always focused a lot on their thermal environment, making sure that they were kept at appropriate temperature, but we never really thought very much about other inputs such as sound and light. And I had the great fortune to know Richard for many, many years now, and uh, have always admired his work, not just because it focuses on neonates, but because it's extraordinarily creative and important. And uh, the, the biology is really profound and, and, and very special. When uh, we made the decision to build this new building, we recognized uh, that there was an opportunity to do some things that would reinforce our culture of using research and discovery to, to care for our patients and incorporate that into the design of this uh, uh, building, which houses our critical care programs. So early discussions with Richard confirmed that this was really a compelling opportunity and our passions uh, complement each other very well in this area. And we're at the right place at the right time to make this happen. And it's been a very, very exciting journey. It's not very often that an institution puts up a new hospital, right? And I learned that Jim was responsible for this just at the time that my lab was producing all these interesting new findings about how opsins sense light and modular mammalian physiology. So we would have these conversations about how these two things might converge and realize that we had this remarkable opportunity to change this building for the better. 
And so there are quite a few things I can tell you already about what we expect. The, the data we have so far argues that violet light and blue light combined are actually going to regulate the way an infant grows. So one of the really unusual findings has been that two of the options that are sensitive to blue light and to violet light actually regulate our metabolism. One of them is expressed in our fat cells. One of them is expressed in the middle of our brain. And they appear to combine forces to regulate growth and metabolism. One of the things that Jim's been saying to me over many years now is that for a premature infant, for a newborn, and particularly for a premature infant, it's a, a crucial clinical question to get them to grow effectively. So one of the expectations here is that with this new lighting system and with our understanding of the, the way different wavelengths work to stimulate metabolism and growth, we may be able to improve that particular component of care for these newborns. Turns out that one of the options, option three, is expressed throughout the developing brain. And there's no solid data yet arguing that it's a light sensor. But if it is, it's going to connect light stimulation to neural development. There are a lot of neurological diseases that have this fascinating phenomenon of season of birth dependent risk of disease. We don't know why mm -hmm. that is, but one possibility is that neural development is partly light dependent. So that's a really interesting question to address using this new building. Those kinds of questions are going to come up again and again, and I think it provides a, a fascinating opportunity to understand human physiology. Colleagues of ours at the University of Pennsylvania, for example, have learned that even just cycled circadian lighting affects susceptibility to infection in newborns. So the newborn population is an ideal population to really ask these questions because that's where there's a huge need. And we've also appreciated that babies born early, for example, are deprived of any kind of circadian signals that they might be receiving through their mother as well as directly from the environment. And we know here right now in our old NICU, the one that we're about to move out of, as well as many NICUs around the world, that the, the quality of the lighting is very, very low. There's basically no violet or blue wavelengths that are generated in any meaningful way. So we're, we're creating an environment that's very unnatural right now for our patients. And this is an opportunity to ask whether providing an, a much more realistic, natural environment based on billions of years of evolution is going to matter. And, and of course, we predict and hypothesize that it will. Of all the outcomes that are important in newborn medicine, growth is fundamental and it impacts so many other outcomes. And we have, in neonatology, made wonderful progress over the last 30 years in learning how to provide appropriate nutrition for babies to help them support their growth. But there are still gaps. And we've appreciated for a while that we don't have good solutions to getting to optimizing growth and not just linear growth or weight gain, but brain growth as well. And we know that babies in those situations are more likely to have learning disabilities, psychiatric issues, and, and uh, other problems as they get older. And uh, that's been a mystery in neonatology about why that happens for a long time. So having the lights in the building allows us to ask that question and move beyond mice. So it sounds as though your ambition to integrate that 
cutting edge research into the impact of light on human physiology, particularly these fragile little creatures, helped you to make the decision to go for something beyond the architect's bog standard lighting specification. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. What the architects did initially was come to us and say, do you want circadian lighting in your building? And of course, the, the answer to that is yes, because the benefits of circadian lighting are very clear already. But then we realized we had this much larger opportunity. And so we went back to the architects and said, well, circadian lighting is good, but we actually want to do something much more interesting than that. And it got a little bit involved, but absolutely, it, it was several steps beyond a standard lighting system. And so when I first met Robert, it became clear to me very quickly that he under, understood the biology and that BIOS under his direction was generating lighting systems that were designed to be biologically aware. Robert's being very modest, of course, but there just aren't very many lighting companies out there that understand the biology. So there just aren't that many people or companies that can do this. And so this association we have here is really crucially important to this whole project. And you very nicely led me on to my next question, which is what are the main problems you face? Because you've got Jim sitting there holding the purse strings and you've got Robert going, ah, really, how am I going to do that? How did you deal with that? What were the main issues that you faced? So I don't think the budget has ever been an issue for Jim. He seems to be pretty effective at finding the funds we needed to do this. And Robert knows how to design these lighting systems. So when you look at the way this works, I was just the guy saying, well, actually, there's all this biology we have to worry about. And I didn't actually have to do any of the execution. Robert and, and Jim did all the hard work. So when we went to Robert with the biology of these new options, he knew how to design the lighting system. And I think there were a few additional things we had to do, but it wasn't in the end much of a challenge for Robert to put together the engineering design. Is that fair, Robert? Absolutely. It was so interesting. And BIOS is a biology first company. So we already kind of was thinking about how to incorporate these new options into lighting. So it was not difficult. As Richard said, it was absolutely interesting and something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Wow. You mentioned, Richard, that Jim is very effective at getting the funding that you need to do what you want to do. But would you be willing to share a proportion or the additional cost investment that was involved with going for this gold standard system? Yeah, so first of all, I, I preface my response by sharing a, a little bit about how we approached the design of this building. Uh, we started with uh, creating a, a covenant and a list of, of guiding principles that would address how we design the building and how we work together to make it to, to complete the building. And an intrinsic part of our culture at Sensei Children's has to do the direct connection between discovery-based research and patient care. We believe that one can't happen without the other. So even though this was a building that will house patient care, it's also a building that has to support our culture of research and inquiry because that leads to the best clinical care. So with that principle in place, the idea of investing in a lighting system like this becomes very clear. It's, it's not an add-on or something that's out of the scope of the building. It's something that's intrinsic to the guiding principles of what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, therefore, at, because we, we really did this from the beginning of design, we were able to incorporate 
the design process and the development process for the lighting system into the overall budget of the building. This is a building that is on time and on budget. And when it's all done, including an upcoming renovation phase, will be cost us about $650 million. And the fraction of that expense that's associated with the lighting is actually a little difficult to figure out because it's embedded in all of the design. But we estimate that we probably invested north of $1.5 million in developing the system from the early design work through the specific engineering work and the software development and so on and so forth. That's a different question than the question about how much does it cost to put lights like this in another hospital or another setting. And that's a bit mysterious, and, and I don't mean to sound evasive, but it's probably in the neighborhood of ten dollars to $50,000 a unit, I, I guess, but we haven't gotten that far yet. We're still trying to figure that out. I, I, I'd say that at the end of the day, conceptually, this is something that ought to be a little more expensive than standard lighting systems and lighting solutions for hospitals, but not dramatically more expensive. And I say that in part because from the beginning, we've intended to use this as a research tool. And that research tool will allow us to ask questions, really important questions about human development and human health that are really not gonna be very easily answered in other clinical settings. And there will be extramural funding in the form of research grants and so on that will support that work. So it's a long-term investment. And I think that's the way we look at it. It is the way we look at it. So it's cost is always in the eye of the beholder. So I don't know if that answers your question, Shelley, but at least that's a start. It does. For one, actually, that cost in the context of the overall build and the lifetime of the building actually doesn't sound that much. The other thing that's interesting to note is that it's allowing your building to do some things that it couldn't do otherwise, and presumably to attract research funding and staff and other possibilities to create a living lab, which wouldn't be possible without that investment. So it's to do with your vision and your ambition for your facility overall, more than simply delivering another off-the-shelf building. I think the other thing that it points out is that there is always an R&D cost in these things, and that when you then want to roll these things out in a second and third phase, that that upfront experimental phases is actually gone you've invested that up front so that's another thing to think about for organizations hospitals other people who are making a similar decision to yourself about whether they should spend more above and beyond your bog standard basic to get something better and it, you've made quite a compelling argument for that i think the reason why I'm still involved in this project is because they're asking all these hard questions and once they arrive at answers I take that and turn it into a technology, distill it down into something that is super simple, super easy to use, doesn't require a Dr. Lang to, to run it, and, and is cost-effective as well. This is a very exciting development that's going to come out of BIOS, is the idea that you know, we can use all this new information about biological responses to light, and particularly to violet light. Um, we can use this to design a lighting system that everybody can install in every building. And so one of the goals in our collaboration with Robert 
is actually to generate lighting systems that can be used in any kind of facility, whether it's a business or a residence or maybe a hospital that isn't a research hospital, all those kinds and schools, schools in particular are really important for some of the biology we're talking about. So the, the collaboration is designed to generate lots of different types of lighting systems that are very reasonably priced and can be used by everybody depending on the specific setting. So we're very excited about that because we think we can bring a lot of health benefits to a lot of people. It sounds like that collaboration really is, is, is a win-win for everybody, that putting that extra effort in trying something new is really going to pay off. I hope so. If science is done well, it will be exportable and reproducible and valuable in very, very general and broad ways. And our thinking always about research is that whatever knowledge, new knowledge is created from that research has to be shared. If it just benefits the scientists, then it's not useful. So that's been our, certainly our goal from the very beginning is that this is something that is exportable. And what, what we're doing is creating a tool that will teach us how to do that. And it is, by the way, a, a tool that we, I hope we've designed to grow with the building because the software and other things can be modified so that we can continue to learn in the same way that the Mars rover was supposed to last a year and it's still going. And I, I would like to think that the, the lighting system is going to be something that will keep going for a long time. That's a really inspiring and brilliant story and looking forward to sharing that with, with the wider world. So thank you again. Thank you very much.